Hey y'all, it's your girl Naisha Stone, and you're listening to the Carved in Stone podcast, where our positive news articles come to life. Now let's get into the episode. Hey y'all, welcome back to Carbon Stone Podcast. I'm excited for this guest because we have the same name, which I think is just like so cool. <laughs> I've never interviewed somebody with my name. So let's get right into the episode. We have Naisha D. Williams on and she's a mental uh, being expert. So one of my first questions for you is, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> um, so I am a mental well-being expert. Um, my background originally started in medicine. Um, I went to school, I majored in biology, I became a licensed practical nurse. Um, I worked in infertility and reproductive medicine for the majority of my career. And then I had like a nervous breakdown. And I was like, ooh, uh, as a creative, I am extremely unhappy. Um, I am navigating life in a completely different world. Um, where do I see myself going from here? I went back to school and I mastered in social work. Um, and yeah, it has been my life. I sit, I sit on a board for NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. I do everything about mental health. Um, I advocate for teen girls, women, and mothers. So a mental well-being expert is someone who has years and years and years of expertise um, associated with the mind, body, and spirit and how it functions and how you keep it well. Yes. yes. <laughs> tell, tell us your history. You said it's about 20 years of experience, right? Yes. 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 Congratulations to that. Thank that's dope. you. Thank <laughs> you. So I, um, I got good grades in high school, right? So I was able to be a part of this program where um, I was able to get out of school my junior year at like after third period or something like that. So mm -hmm. I was able to go to work. And with that allowed me to start going going or entering into the world of medicine. And then I became a certified clinical medical assistant while I was still in school. And then I just worked my way up. So yeah, I've been doing it since I was 18. And she just talking about it like it's just light work. <laughs> <laughs> I love the pictures in the back. It just fits the whole theme. I Thank love it. You. Um, well, one, another question I have for you is just what are some steps people can take to begin to have a better or healthier, more mindset? Oh, I love this question because I feel like it changes um, just off of research and my own personal experience. What can they do? One, find you a community, a solid community where you can unpack, live in your truth, be authentically you and be supported by doing so. Um, we can have a lot of people around us, but those aren't the right people. Or even if we feel like they are, when it's time for us to live in our truth is not supported. Um, so I think it's important to find your community. Um, know that mental health is stigmatized. We all need to speak to someone that's a professional person um, where they can come from an unbiased standpoint. It's not that you are sick. It's not that something is wrong with you. It is just that you are willing to be a better person. So find your community, find someone that uh, is a professional in the mental health world, connect to nature. I am a huge advocate. Hey, I saw that you like hiking and I'm like, oh, oh my God, man. I wish we was in the same state. Cause I love it. It's, it's as soon as you get around just water trees and stuff, like you just like, what was I even worried about? 
because that's that's what it's supposed to do right like this hue like we need more black and brown people outside that's where we belong that's where it started right and i don't want to sound like a woo-woo person but go hug a tree go ground put your feet on the grass go walk and you can look at the studies right the studies show that if you do at least 30 minutes of walking with your circadian rhythm like in the morning as soon as the sun hit that changes drastically not just on a mind uh, perspective but body right you're talking about cardiovascular disease you're talking about your weight you're talking about diabetes so if you if you're focusing on a 30 minute walk outside by the sun and you touching on mind body and spirit you winning right <laughs> so yeah i would say definitely have a tight knit community talk to a professional connect to nature and my last if it's not creative expression would be journaling write out your thoughts I love that. Write out your thoughts because like you could think of, I was just telling somebody it was like, I have all these goals and stuff I was like but until you write it down it's, it's just gonna boggle your mind and it's right. not real right I love that yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you're a mom and so you started serenity for uh for mothers can you talk yeah. a little bit about that for one what is it like to be a mom and running a business and then also helping other moms you know get through their days mm. so I entered into motherhood at a very young age I was a teen mother I came from a line of teen mothers right so I knew that one I wanted to stop that generational curse when I became a mom right I wanted to do the best that I could do for myself and also do the best that I can do for my children so they can focus on their childhood and not have to focus on being a mom, right? So that's one. Um, but I had a, a very rough experience with motherhood, whether it was um, finding a place to live, whether it was uh, dealing with social services, um, in a way of like welfare and all of the things. So I get it. Like I'm, I'm here for it all. Right. <laughs> um, but then I dealt with maternal fetal loss. I lost my son, um, dealing with preterm labor. Um, and all of this is important because I also dealt with something called hyperemesis with this, which is the most extreme state of morning sickness, like so extreme where, I had to walk around with an IV in my arm. I had to take, uh, yes, I had to take steroids. I mean, it was like life or death, right? And while navigating that, sometimes alone, sometimes with a few friends and family, I knew that I wanted to create a space for other mothers who either felt like, although they had people around, they were still alone, or just needed additional support and information on how to one, connect to your resources, two, connect back to yourself, right? Because when you become a mom, the individual aspect strips away, even like during conception, you know that you're nurturing someone. So you kind of like sacrifice. It's a sacrificial thing. Like you no longer pour into yourself, you're pouring into or nurturing a child. And I wanted to create a community for people that looked like us, where we can end this maternal death, maternal fetal death, and just have a hub where we can laugh, we can unpack, we can work out, we can have access to meditation coaches. Um, so every holistic practice you can possibly think of, Serenity has it under their roof, and we give that to mothers globally. Um, how were you able to get through everything that you were going through? Because I have, 
I don't have any kids, but that has been a very big fear of mine is that a lot of black women have been dying or experiencing like the most traumatic things ever when it comes to being pregnant or having birth. So how did you get yourself mentally like how did you deal with that mentally and make sure that like you were still there for yourself and then also when your kids were born? So this is why I am through and through proud of Serenity for Mothers, right? Because during that time, we'll talk about the loss in particular. I didn't have anyone like preparing for the funeral after burying him. Um, how do I advocate for myself while I was pregnant and after, right? What is my relationship with my gynecologist who failed me? Um, so to answer your question, I dealt with it the only way I knew how, being around a lot of people, suppressing myself, drinking and partying. That was my answer for years. And then it was like, well, Naisha, you have a child already. Like you still have one. And I understand that you're grieving, but what about the one that's here, that's alive? And I knew then that I wanted to make a switch. And I didn't go back to see my son for 11 years. Like I would not drive past the cemetery. I would not, I didn't want to speak about him. My husband barely spoke about him. We were grieving, right? And that's why I say it's so important to speak to someone that is a mental health professional. Um, but I knew that I wanted to change. I recently touched on generational curses and I knew that I didn't want to perpetuate a cycle of sadness and unhealthiness. And I was like, you know what? um I'm gonna tap back into me what did I like before I was pregnant okay so I went to a performing arts high school so I like singing so I will start singing I like dancing I will start dancing um I started connecting to the young girls in my community I started a nonprofit organization that nonprofit organization has expanded to three all-girls schools currently in Africa so I just started giving back to myself and started doing things that made me happy. And that's why Serenity is amazing because it allowed moms to rediscover themselves, right? Like if you're feeling a certain way or you feel like you're disconnected because you just had this child, even we're on every stage of motherhood. So even if you have children that moved out of the house, who are you now, right? <laughs> Everyone's going, who are you? What does that look like? How do you navigate uh, your life in this moment? And we do that. And I wanted to create a community that I knew that I did not have. And I'm, I'm really blessed with having it now. Yeah. So you have a lot of titles um, that you have attached to yourself. Um, how would you describe yourself, whether it's with the titles or with not? Like, who is Naisha? Uh, I try my best not to use a title, right? Because I am somebody without that. Forget the letters behind my name. Um, Naisha is... A black girl from Newark, New Jersey, the inner city, the hood, a Jersey girl through and through, who is resilient, um, who is a mom, because that's my favorite title, a wife. <laughs> um, she is a sister. She's a community leader. I'm someone who loves to laugh. Naisha loves to read. Um, yeah, that's that's who I am. I am someone who is a proud Jersey girl who loves to travel, laugh, uplift, empower, inspire, and support. I love that. You know who you are, and a lot of people don't know who they are. So 
it took a lot of work, but I did. <laughs> Since um you go you know kind of starting your journey around like eighteen, like with like your experience with mental health. How have you grown mentally since entering into this industry to like now who you are? (laughs) (laughs) Have I grown? The first thing that came to mind, I I recently had this conversation with my husband and um, I was so quick to anger. Like I was quick to rage. I was quick to what the cool kids say, pop off. Like everything resulted into a fight. For me and that's because I one didn't feel like I had a place to unpack these emotions that I was unsure of and two that was all I knew right if you get upset I used to box when I was younger so when you get upset it's like you exert it in this way until boxing right and it tells you to calm right be be within be with your emotions so I know for sure I've changed in that way I'm able to uh, sit back and ask questions like what does this make me feel like what does this remind me of why do I need to res- why do I feel like I need to respond in this manner what are they really saying and right? how, has that, how has that thought changed you know um, how is that changing that perspective of not answering with anger every time impacted mm-hmm. your life oh man um it allowed me to set healthier boundaries, right? So by me not going straight to anger and actually having time to communicate, the right people started to come around. The people that I truly loved didn't have to leave, right? I didn't break relationships because it was quick to anger versus quick to communicate. Um, My business relationships has grown dramatically, uh, my access to money, because we love a good abundance, <laughs> um, that has changed. I felt the angrier I was, the more I walked around life with the perception that I was misunderstood. And by walking around with this ideology that no one understands me, I kept myself in a bubble. So definitely changed because... I got people. <laughs> and don't it feel good to like realize you got people? Because we walk around like, man, I ain't got nobody. But it's like, it's probably like one person that really do care and for And that's me. all you need. And that's truly all you need. And you know, for me, I did walk around and we could justify like as a victim, this is why this happened, right? So I did walk around feeling like I didn't have anyone, but that was because the people that I needed, I didn't have. So it didn't matter. For me, right, it didn't matter if someone outside of my home was trying to uplift me and support me. The ones that I felt like I needed didn't, so nothing else or no one else mattered to me. Once I realized that later on in life, um, titles are just that. It's the actions that make the people who they are. So whether it's mother, father, sister, brother, that is just a name, right? That is just a title. But if no one is showing up like mom, you can find mom in someone else, right? Um, And that's what I did. And that's what I had. I found my my people. I think that's important what you brought up because we all do put expectations on our our family and the friends, like our early on friends, like this person is supposed to show up for this award. This person is supposed to do this. 
But it's like they be going through their own things too. And like you said, it's literally just a title until you figure out who you really are and what you need out of people. And are you exerting that same energy that you want out of people too? Because I know what it's like to walk around with a lot of anger. Maybe that's a Naisha thing. But it, like you just be mad. Like, man, y'all don't understand it. So you just right. get quiet until that one moment where everything just hit and now you just raging and only people can see you raging because you've been holding everything in and now that's all they see you as an angry person like that's how I was titled like for a majority of my life she's just an angry person mm -hmm. she don't like nobody but it's like no I'm just really hurt inside and every right. time I try to speak about it I'm so angry that all of my anger is just coming out so y'all just missing out on a whole message so to that oh go ahead you know what was uh an aha moment for me um I had to hold myself accountable on how I articulate it and how mm -hmm. I communicate it. So I can speak loud and, and stand on the top of a rock and say, rah, 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 this is what I need. But when you are communicating with someone, you have to speak their language. So it's your responsibility to make sure you say it in a way that's understood. If you are not holding yourself accountable that you need to find ways to communicate until it's effective, then maybe that's why they don't understand you. And that was literally my 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 question was like, <laughs> how do you how do you uh, have better communication skills? Because that is something like even as a journalist, like you have to constantly learn how to interact with different energies and different people. So for you, what um advice would you give to others about how to communicate effectively? Step off the pedestal and go connect with the people, because you as a journalist you can interview me today and then interview Tyrone tomorrow and we come from two different worlds we speak differently we believe different ideologies so connect with me right and then connect with Tyrone differently whatever he enjoys whatever he likes how he speaks speak his language right we we, we bad mouth code switching but that's really what it that's really what it is like connect to the code and that's it and when it came to me learning to communicate effectively I just wanted to speak how I wanted to speak that was it like I want to say what I want to say how I want to say it you should get it why what if I don't know how right what if what if I'm incapable of it do you care enough about this relationship to do what you need to do in order for me to understand so we can be on the same page or do you feel more comfortable with walking around like you are misunderstood? And I just wanted to switch the story on. Oh, that's so deep. Because when you do switch that storyline of like being misunderstood and then honestly speaking your truth and being calm with speaking your truth, you start to see the world differently. I, I start to see people like we all just going through stuff. And so when someone meets you with anger or someone meets you with sadness, whatever, it's just because of what they're going through. It doesn't necessarily have to do with you. And I had to okay. teach myself that. Like, just because they mad on me, you got to be mad. And so I will literally be like, well, they mad, so I'm going to be pissed off too. <laughs> what does that get you? So you can be yelling all you want, but I'm going to keep my peace. And that's like, and that's how I found to like, get begin to communicate better. And like you said, now more people that you actually, the people you were fiending for that you needed are now just gravitating towards you. And now you're getting all the love because now you're producing that same love that you wanted this whole time. Which is yeah. crazy to me. Like, life crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> right, there we go. <laughs> but switching the conversation up a little bit. So you're a businesswoman. You're an entrepreneur. Um, how have you been able to step into that field and do it successfully? 
Um, so my definition of success changes maybe like every five years, every three years. Uh, so I've always had it and it may sound cliche, but I've always had it. I remember being eight and one day I felt like we needed more money in my community and we needed more money for candy and we wanted our nails done. So I said to my cousins, look, how about we use Sheena's backyard, we get a few tables, a few chairs, and we tell the girls, you know, in our on our block that we're doing nails. And that's what happened. We made these little posters, we put gave it to them in a house, we put it on a tree, and it was girls lined up, you hear me, just ready to sit down and watch us apply crazy glue on some <laughs> store nails on their skin cuticles, okay? Like that's, but that's what we did. I always knew that, I knew how to find the institutional void. I knew how to see what was lacking, what was missing and how to fill that gap. I think that I'm really good at that. So um, as far as success, when it came to business, once I learned how to match my business endeavors with who I truly was versus trying to create this business that I wasn't really through and through, um, that's when I feel like I found my success. I'm so, really about mommy life. I'm really about <laughs> this black woman life. I'm really about mental health and wellness. And every time I try to step out of that, or every time I tried to step out of that, it wasn't successful. But when I was able to be authentically me and get paid for that, it was like I was not at work. How do you always stay you? Because I know it can, as you climb up, especially in business, because we know it ain't ran by black women, at least not yet. Mm -hmm. So you kind of like you say, you kind of have to code switch and all that. So how do you pick and choose? OK, I'm going to show this much of me or, you know, like how do you manage just like staying you? It's it's always a, a learning experience. And I'll be leading you in the world of BS if I said that it wasn't. The higher that I've became, well, I've become in my life, the less Black women I've seen. And that was frustrating. Like, I was angry, right? I'm either the youngest woman, the only woman, or the only Black woman. And you already know that we're dealing with microaggressions, right? So... That whole speaking my language is what they would attempt to do. And I feel like uh, you really don't want to, you're really not connecting with me. You're just trying to make me less aggressive, right? So there was so much. So how I was able to do it was going back to how do you deal with your mental health? Journaling, right? What did I experience today that I did not like? What did I say today that I felt like really wasn't me? And being able to go back and look at my words allowed me to hold myself accountable, allowed me to renavigate, and allowed me to deal with my truth to the point where I was able to now go into these business meetings and say, hey, look, this is who I am. I like this artist and I like this artist. I like wearing this outfit and I like wearing this outfit, right? Um, I am not a monolith. You have to take me as who I am. And if you cannot, then you cannot get what I bring, right? So tell them, tell them. <laughs> like people, because like right now I got on some jogging pants, a scissor shirt that my sister got me. Uh -huh. okay, I freaking so love it. But then sometimes okay. like you want to wear a dress, but then sometimes you like, and you can switch it up and people, 
don't understand that. Like, I don't know why that just blows people's minds, especially when it comes to black women, how, yes, I can, like, uh, wait a minute by Willow and then also go listen to some future and then maybe listen to latch or whatever so like i love that we have we can now have these platforms where it's like no you're going to accept all of me because this is who i am because we're human beings like every year every day you change as a person um you brought up journaling a few times i know what it's like to journal i love journaling um but not everybody can get in the act of it so like what are some tips to journal like what is journaling for you and what tips would you have to other people about how to begin journaling um very simple do not think too deep into it grab a pen and a paper Erica Badu said it once the pen hit the paper that's when shit get real that's the truth right I wouldn't suggest thinking about how it sounds if it's grammatically correct are you using the correct punctuations? You are literally just releasing. One of my favorite prompts is the truth is, just start with that. The truth is I am not happy or I messed up today or it goes deeper and deeper. But that is one of my favorite prompts because it shows me that I need to be truthful, right? Um, Another prompt that I like using is I refuse to forgive. And then you just start writing down why you refuse Hmm. to forgive, whether it's yourself, someone else, because forgiveness is a superpower. I wrote a book about it. I am, I believe in radical forgiveness. But if you write and then come back to it, even if it's like a week later, because you're you're new, you're fresh into this journaling world, you can go back and then see like, damn, I'm a little, that's a little harsh right? Or I'm dead serious about this, right? But then it uh, it invokes an emotions and allows you to, con- to expound on why you refuse to forgive. But even in that, you start to see either the role you play in a situation, how you could have done something differently, um, if it's worth it after you've expressed yourself. Because a lot of times we don't forgive because we believe we're gifting the other person when the gift is truly ourselves. But once we start unpacking, it's no longer ours. So what happens after that, right? When you no longer have to hold on to it, how does life look after? So the truth is, and I refuse to forgive because. I love it. You talk about accountability a lot. So how can being accountable for oneself really, truly positively impact uh, people's mental health? Um, it provides room for responsibility right? Um, it allows us to, to do the act of introspection, like, hey, let me think about my feelings and what I've done and how I need to uh, be a better person. But then it allows you to enter the world of um, being empathic, being empathetic for other people. Like, okay, I see how this is working for me. What if I was that person? Would I have done it the same way? Would I have done it differently? I get why she probably is upset at me. I probably would have been upset at myself as well. So when you start holding yourself accountable, not only are you doing that work internally, but you allow the other person the ability to be seen, heard, and understood. Because once you hold yourself accountable, you then act out, all right, 
this is the role that I played. This is how I did it wrong. This is what I should have done better, which means I see you. I respect you. I hear you. I understand you. Now you have room to do the same for me or not, right? Um, but hopefully we can go into a better place by me showing that I'm accountable for my actions. I hope y'all listening though, because she just dropping gems. Like <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into, so we're talking about mental health. Social media is a big, has a, a huge effect on people's mental health. Can you talk about that um, and where you see our younger generation going, like with mental health and how we can just help them, help us get better? Because I feel, I know personally, I've experienced things like you should be enjoying the world. Then you check your phone and it's like, dang, this person Fiji. Man, I'm sitting at home, like, you know, like that immediately that stuff like clicks or how you get endorphins from getting notifications and stuff. So, like, can you talk a little bit about mental health and how social media is affecting that? Oh, social media is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> of course, everything has its pros and cons, but it's not just the younger generation, right? It's all of us, uh, especially when we get into that world of comparison. Um, I think that the more work we do on ourselves, the less work we will do with comparing ourselves to something outside of us. As it pertains to younger, the younger generation, there needs to be some sort of control. Like, I do not think that they need to have as much access as they do when it comes to social media. Something has to happen, right? Whether that's the parents, whether that's the platform, preventing them from a certain amount of time. And I see that that's happening. Um, when it comes to the older generation, we don't have, we may not have people saying like, hey, but Naisha, you are amazing and you are powerful and you will go to Fiji one day, right? So you, we have to ask ourselves questions like, um, why do we want to go to Fiji? If we went to Fiji, what would that represent for us, right? How would it make us feel? And then once we get those answers, what if you can feel that way before you get to Fiji? If you can, what can you do right now to feel that way? And then once we start tapping into those emotions, chances are we don't want to go there. We just be like, oh, go ahead, girl. I'm so proud of you. Right? Because it's really about an emotion. It's really about what we feel we need at that time. That's just a representative. That's just what we see as we're scrolling, right? But we generally genuinely are trying to feel something so if we can tap into our feelings and wonder how we can get that prior to the destination I think we're winning as a whole do you think we're tapping into our emotions as much as we need to or because you know people like don't be too emotional or not so how is there a balance between tapping into your emotions like what, like what that look like that's a really good question and who are we to tell someone how to process Thank you. <laughs> it's just that simple because no one can tell me when I was grieving that I was grieving the right or wrong way. I was just doing it. This was my way. And I needed to do it that way in order for me to get here. And the same goes for everyone else, right? Um, you can be a good friend and say, hey, have you thought about this, right, alternative? Okay, what about this suggestion? Like you'll 
I don't know, you give something, you offer something, a pamphlet or whatever the case may be. But you also got to provide people grace. However they feel like they need to go through their emotions, allow them to go through their emotions unless it becomes too extreme. And then if it becomes too extreme and you feel like their life is in jeopardy, then you uh, intervene in a way that still feels loving and supportive. For you, what does a mentally stable society look like? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, a mentally stable society looks like a society that goes back outside, that grows their own food, that watches less news, um, that understands that as humans, we really want to be amongst the community. This individualized independency, hyperfixation of the, that is not us. So yeah, a mentally stable community would be just those acts because then the stability follows. Not like, hey, you should do this and you should say this and you should do less of this. Once you connect back to yourself, if you're journaling, you're connecting to nature, you're being around a strong community, um, you are eating healthier, then it, 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 it revolves, right? And it, it resolves the issue. But expecting something to drastically change that has been happening for years and years and years, chow. <laughs> the only way to effectively change a community or a world is to start with you you become the change that you want to see. Once you become your best self, then most times it'll seep out into your friend and then it'll seep out into your home and then it'll continue on, right? So if we want to create an impact, you have to be the impact and then it'll seep out. A family favorite of ours is Michael Jackson, you know, look at the man in the mirror, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm just as goofy. I'm telling you something you should think. <laughs> as we're running out of time how i usually end my interviews is when people re-listen to this interview or as they're listening to it what do you want them to get from it um i would like the listeners to receive that you are powerful they are powerful their voices are powerful and if they are looking for any change, progression, some sort of growth, evolution, it has to begin with themselves. Naisha D. Williams, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast. And please join us every Tuesday as I interview somebody from around the world doing positive things in their life. And always remember, in the end, everything will be carved in stone. In the end, everything will be carved in stone.